the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Morning, everybody. You better believe it. On a Saturday morning, 65 and sunny, 45 tonight. Tomorrow, 73 on a Sunday motorcycle day. And on Monday, 77 back-to-work degrees. Uh, the uh, honor tonight of uh, the Hall of Fame with many people going into the Press Club Hall of Fame. The one and only Alan Burr goes in tonight. And that is sold out. It makes me feel good. Um, I don't even know how to introduce this guy. I was trying to think about it last night, knowing that he's going to do the radio show. And um, two Sundays ago was the MC1 Honor Run that goes back to Dave Baldwin, and that was his call sign, was Motorcycle One. And we've told the story many times. David was killed in the line of duty on his motorcycle. And um, it was coincided with Emily's parade when we were doing the, the parade for Emily Keys. And the Keys family, after 10 years, said, please, that's enough. And the transfer came, and the MC1 guys, Mark Miller, Jeff Schrader, the list of guys, Tony Spurlock, I can give you the list. We started fundraising for fallen officers, not Tony Lopez, and we went through a, an amazing array of people. I could tell you something, and I've met, I've met them all and become friends with many of them and sat and talked and listened to people speak. So the honoree, which I don't know if that's the correct way to say it, was Alan Fisher. And so he... I, I'd read the this, this story, but I didn't realize the impact of it. And he came and spoke two Sundays ago. And uh, first of all, good morning, man. Thanks for doing the show. Oh, good morning. It's happy to be here. Yeah. Um, and I, and your wife is with us, too, who's a gift. And I'm that morning on a Sunday, your back, your, you, you, you knew you were aware of it because you said it, but your leg was was just moving back and forth. And uh, we were standing behind you, uh, and I looked over, and Frank DeAngelis is in tears when you were speaking. It was a powerful speech. I'm glad you're with us, and good morning. Well, good morning. I'm very happy to be here. I'll bet. <laughs> I'll, bet that's, I'll bet you are. Um, you told the story on April the 13th. Um, there was an aggressive driver at a U-Haul. Um, I, I, if, I, if I'm out of line asking questions about that night what happened, I apologize in advance. Oh, you're, you'll be fine. Don't you're worry. Good. Okay. So tell, this, tell, tell talk about yourself. How long were you on a job? Um, August 1st was my 20-year anniversary. So I've, I'm just a little over 20 years now. Where'd you grow up? I Well, my father was in the Air Force. Okay. He retired as a lieutenant colonel, but prior to that, we moved all over. I was born in Topeka, Kansas, um, and uh, we moved many places, but... The, my memories are mostly from Beale Air Force Base in California, which which was home of the SR-71 oh, yeah, at that sure. time. The Blackbird. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when he retired from the Air Force, we moved out here to Denver. Um, I actually lived in Dam West, just down the road oh, wow. from here. Sure. And, uh, and before he moved to uh, uh, Parker, mm -hmm. and he retired from Lockheed after 10 years with Lockheed, and they moved to Oregon after that, and I went to KU. I see you got the shirt. So you got the hat. You got the hat. You got the KU hat on. Yeah, yeah. And and Rock Chalk Jayhawks. Oh, they are good. 5-0 today. Hopefully right. they can take down TCU. 
KU. That's a haunting. They say, I've never been in the gym when it's done, but I'm told by friends of mine who are aficionados of college basketball, they say, when you get in the gym and that starts, they said it's, it's a haunting cry. Oh, it's, it's pretty amazing. It really is. I went to, I took my daughter, Jordan, who uh, we'll get to that later. She's yeah. a Shaun- Shawnee police officer right now yeah. out there in a suburb of Kansas City. But uh, I took her to the Texas uh, basketball game last year at KU where they uh, wound up winning the Big 12. Yeah. And uh, it, it's pretty impressive, very impressive. When you hear it. They do that. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it's amazing. It really is. And the, the whole the whole Allen Fieldhouse is amazing. They have like, it's almost like a Hall of Fame yeah. when you walk around the corridor inside with all the pictures of all the teams in the past. I mean, there's pictures of Gale Sayers mm-hmm. even. A lot of people don't realize it, but he went to KU. Yeah. So. so when did you, so you graduate, what was your degree? In business administration and and economics so that's the right job that's just what you do when you want to major become a police officer right so yeah history and political theory and get into radio there you go stop so Hmm. first place you worked as a cop um wheat ridge is the only place i have worked Okay. okay so and i've been on patrol for the full 20 years well almost the full last six months i've just been on uh admin leave for the most part we were talking um you, well, let's let's, let's to tell the story. I apologize. So the U-Haul was stolen. If you would pick it up there, our, our guest, by the way, is one of the more remarkable guys. This is Officer Alan Fisher, and he was the MC1 guy. And he and his partner respond to reports of this aggressive driver um, on April the 13th. If you yeah. would, yeah. Basically, yeah, it was came out as a suspicious vehicle that had hit a fence, and that there were two people dancing around the vehicle. So I actually, when I was in route, you always form ideas of maybe what you're going to. I kind of thought, okay, I'll probably get a DUI out of this. It's just what it sounded like with the dancing around the vehicle and stuff. But when I got there, just as all officers do, they give dispatch the plate that they're out with, and it was an Arizona plate, um, as I recall, which most U-Hauls are. And, uh, and then I got out, and when I approached the driver's door, um, the windows were very tinted on the driver's door window, and I thought, that's kind of a red flag because I've never seen a U-Haul with tinted windows like that. So I knocked on the door. The driver actually opened it a few inches, and I opened it all the way at that point, and I was talking with him. He didn't want to supply any identification or anything like that. He was being generally... Was un- there a dome light that went on that you could see him? You know, I don't recall. Okay. Um, I had a flashlight because it was 1230 at night. Um, and I do remember he had a female passenger. And there was a lot of debris and blankets and stuff like that in the vehicle. So I immediately figured, okay, they're kind of living out of this. And uh, anyway, he wouldn't cooperate uh with any identification or anything of that nature and then my dispatch came back told me it was a stolen u-haul so at that point i'm just waiting for my backup officer officer louie to arrive and uh we deal with this in wheat ridge all the time and uh so he got there and we explained you got to come out of the vehicle and everything and he wouldn't so uh long story short we drug him out of the vehicle 
and uh, that's when he started uh, fighting and everything. And I just had a hold of him. I had him my right arm around his waist, and I had his left arm kind of hooked with my left arm in a little bit of a chicken wing fashion. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to kind of run away at that time, so I'm behind him, a hold of him, and he started uh, putting his right arm over his left shoulder, hitting me in the side of my neck and head. And I told my backup, or told Officer Louie, he's hitting me, he's hitting me. And I didn't realize I was being stabbed. So, yeah, he he uh, got me 12 times, 10 of them in the neck and, and ear area and stuff, side of my head. And uh, so... I finally just said we're taking him down, so I, I, I'm a pretty big guy, so yeah. I just dove on his back, and down we went, and that's when I realized his back was just soaked in blood. It was your blood. It was my blood, but I didn't know until about that moment I saw it squirting out of my neck, and, I mean, it was not little squirts. It looked like a faucet. Yeah, sure. And so I told Louie, I said, hey, that's my blood. Um, so we got him cuffed up. Officer Louie cuffed him up, and uh, I told him, stay with him. I'm going to go arrest the passenger who had approached us from behind, and uh, she was actually filming it. So and uh, so I went to arrest her, and when I reached out to grab onto her is when I realized something was really going bad because I started losing my balance and Bleeding, kind of bleeding out right i was yeah. bleeding out but i just didn't really realize it i did i had no idea how badly i was hurt at the time it's all the adrenaline's flowing right out. and then our additional backup units arrived officer reardon as i recall was the first one there and he grabbed me and pulled me over to a vehicle uh police vehicle his probably sat me down on the bumper and then officer shaw arrived and uh, they just went to work on trying to bandage me up Officer Shaw's one of our SWAT officers, and they carried, at that time, specialized med kits. So he knew what to do. He'd been well-trained, so he used his bandages that have quick clot, yeah. it's called, yeah. and uh, started, you know, sticking it in my neck and everything. And and at one point, I remember him saying, hey, Fish, I got, I got my fingers in your neck, so don't move. Wow in the holes in your neck he was squeezing the artery or no i don't he's pushing the bandages literally through the holes into my and he said don't move too much because i got my fingers in your neck and i I still didn't realize i had my sense of humor i I didn't realize i was really that badly hurt so i told him i said oh this is kind of like an intimate moment (laughs) you know so i was still you know yeah and then and then by the time they got me in the ambulance things get really fuzzy at that point and they wound up uh they Normally, they would take an officer who's injured to St. Anthony's, but in this case, they said they had to go to the closest hospital because I was in pretty bad bad shape. Guys, um, we're going to do a turnaround here. Uh, This is Alan Fisher. I didn't know the part about you made the wise guy remark. I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, it's like um, at the worst of times, the only thing that saves you sometimes is saying – some wise-ass thing. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And, and like I said, though, I, I really had no idea just yeah, how badly bad um, my wounds were or anything, or even that I'd been stabbed at that point. I kind of just didn't know what was going on, really. I never heard you tell the story about the other the woman filming all of this. Oh, yeah. They're, the irony of this whole thing 
as it turns out, the best evidence we have hers. <laughs> is her. You're right. She had a really good phone. Yep. It's great film because, of course, our body cams, the audio yep. was very good. But I'm, I have him yeah. up against my body cam, so you can't really see anything. So, yeah, it turns out her film was really good from what I'm told. Sit still. Uh, Officer Fisher's here. The temperatures are dropping. Snow's coming to the mountains. It means we, well, skiers and boarders, couple of weeks away from the start of ski season. That's why right now is a perfect time to take your skis and boards for a tune. Maybe it's finally time to get some new gear. Again, Alan Samuel, we're going over to see if we can visit the guys. John Marriott and the troops at Larson Ski and Sport, men and women, located south of I-70 on Kipling. These are really like the best people I've ever been around a fitting ski equipment. When you rent equipment or you want to own it, these are the guys. They're totally committed to making your ski experience the absolute best. Larson's is so convenient. You stop on the way up the hill, on the way down the hill. So you're westbound on I-70. And always don't rent like the day you're skiing because that's like or try, that's like same thing with your kids, like trying to get their ski boots on. So you're going westbound on I-70. Get off on Kipling. Come down the ramp. It's on the right side. Then make a left. Go south underneath I-70. Come out the other side. Look to your right. There's a crab shack right next to it is Larson Ski and Sport. Seven days a week. You're coming home. Get off on Kipling, stay on that ramp to stay to your right all the way. Just turn right, go south, and there they are. Maybe something happened. You're going, that's enough for these skis. I'm going to get some new ones. Skis, boots, poles, boards, boots, jackets, one pieces, whatever. John and the guys, they have electric gloves, and a weenie that I am, I got them. And same thing is true with your boots, boot, boot heaters, absolute experts at everything. Seven days a week, Larson Ski and Sports, south of I-70 on Kipling. The website is LARSONsport.com. 303-423-0654, 303-423-0654. Morning, everybody. 18 after the hour. What a remarkable family in studio this morning on the radio show. 65, the high today. 73 tomorrow, 77 on Monday, 710 KNUS. Introduce you to our friends at Peak Financial here in Denver, Tim and Michelle. They know their stuff when it comes to reverse mortgages. And again, we've talked about this. You're, you're an old guy like me. The place is paid off got money going out the back door and nothing's coming to the front door. And reverse mortgages allow homeowners 62 and older to use a portion of the equity in your homes to access cash flow, help achieve retirement. You're in inflation right now. I mean, please, it's a question. Tim and Michelle answer all your questions, and they're just straight-up great folks. 303-TIM-McWhite, 303-962-4840, 303-962-4840. Just ask them your questions. Tim and Michelle We'll call you back if you call them on the weekends or at night and answer all your reverse mortgage questions. See if a reverse mortgage is right for you. They're experts and we'll walk you through the entire process. Peak Reserve uh, is dot com's the website and the phone number again. Tim and Michelle, assisting borrowers since two thousand six. It's a phone call. Get your questions answered. Three zero three nine sixty two forty eight forty nine sixty two forty eight forty. In studio, and I got to tell you, Alan, your wife is. What a dream. I mean, you guys are a team. We're sitting I'm, and we're t- I'm talking to you about this man that stabbed you so brutally. And he's in Jeffco right now. He's in prison. You said they put the highest bail. You tell the story. I shouldn't tell it. Oh, yeah. He, uh, the previous highest bond ever issued by Jeffco, from my understanding, was $3 million. And the suspect who uh, uh, stabbed me... He received a five million cash only bond, which is the highest ever posted by Jeff Co. I'm told, and uh, in my opinion, and it's only my opinion, I just think the judge that did that decided, you know what, 
The pendulum's know. gone far enough one way. We're going to bring it back. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Things are getting out of hand, and yeah. and uh, you know, and I appreciate that because I know if he got out, I know good and well that the yeah. next officer that went to do any you know apprehend him would would be in sure. danger. We see it all the time now, guys that yeah. have ten ten priors and they've done something horrible to a woman. Or I mean, I, the, the justice system at this point baffles me. I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, don't get me started on that one. I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, your wife is here. Would you introduce her, please? I mean, because she is, she's sitting now, she off air will talk. Not on air, but off air. And she said, because I asked you, have you, have you gone in to see him or, and you want nothing to do with this guy? No, I don't want to see him. Um, I have no desire to. And my wife has followed the case, of yeah. course, and she has viewed all the. Yeah evidence all the uh videotape of the uh or or photo the videos of of the incident and i really don't care to do that either um so yeah she's a trooper and uh she she has different feelings when it comes to wanting to see him than i do i can imagine (laughs) i know i wouldn't want to be on a receiving end of what you're what your life was, was thinking. Um, she, she's remarkable. She stood on the stage with us for the first time I ever heard you speak. And so you took us as far in the story as they know how much trouble you're in. Instead of taking you to, to the right hospital, they took you to the quickest hospital. Correct. What do you remember of that? Um, well, I've been told some things that I never knew, um, which was in the ambulance when they made that decision, my blood pressure had dropped down to zero, yeah. and I started something called adrenal breathing, sure, sure. which is something you do right before you die, I guess. And uh, that's when they said, we're going to Lutheran. Um, and then I threw up, of all things. Now, I've had one nurse tell me that uh, when you threw up, that kind of started your heart back again. Wow. That, that kind of, That's kind of what brought me back. It was like getting uh, jolted. And... All that's, like I said, I didn't even know I lost consciousness. I, I remember throwing up, and that's what I don't remember what happened. Were you in right the ambulance or in the hospital when you threw up? That was in the ambulance. Okay. Anyway, so we got to Lutheran. I don't really remember being taken out of the ambulance or anything, but I remember being in the ER because I could hear all the hustle and bustle around me and uh, with the doctors and nurses. And, and I'll just say this real quick. The the nurse, nursing staff at Lutheran was absolutely amazing for me. They really were. They made, I mean, they're just great people there. How many times do you think you came close to dying that night? You know, I really don't know. I know at least once. Yeah. That's what I know for sure. Yeah. Um, because Officer Shaw rode in the ambulance with me, mm-hmm. and uh, he told me uh, how I, uh, w- he was the one who told me that my blood pressure dropped at zero and, and uh, I started the agonal breathing, and he said at that point he looked at the paramedic, and the paramedic just shrugged mm. and with open hands going like, I don't know yeah. w- what we can do. So, um, And somehow it just wasn't my time, I guess. You, you, you came actually, and Frank and I have talked about this, you, had came, you went off the stage on that Sunday and then came back and tapped me on the shoulder and said, I want to keep speaking. And I got to tell you something. The first time you spoke floored me, and I know it floored DeAngelis, and right now I'm getting really good text messaging from police officers saying thanks for doing this show, letting him speak. But 
And you came back and you gave me a, on the shoulder and said, I need to keep talking. And I said, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and everybody's giving me the look because we're supposed to be leaving kickstands up at 10 o'clock. And I'm, not that I'm running the show, but I thought, this guy has a lot to say. So when you came back the second time, and by the way, I met your, 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 your daughters, and your daughter's on the job at Wheat Ridge. And this is like this miracle moment where everybody takes care of her. She's flying in from Kansas. Not, not the daughter that's on the job, but your daughter's a cop in, in KC. That's amazing stories. Yeah, well, I, thank you. No. But, yeah, when I wanted to speak the second time at the MC1 run, um, it was because there's something that plays in my mind over and over and over again. Um, Officer Shaw and I worked the identical schedule on that rotation. Wednesday was our Monday, and 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 the incident occurred on April 13th, which was a Wednesday, so it was our Monday. Anyway... While he was on his weekend, he had been in Nebraska where he had family. And his niece was killed in a head-on car accident that weekend with a drunk driver. Now, most most people, officers or whatever line of work you're in, would probably call in and say, hey, I'm going to, you know, here's what happened. I'm going to miss a couple days of work because I'm going to be with family. But something... You know, I don't know why, but he didn't. He he thought about it, but he didn't do it. So there's, you know, I call it divine intervention or a higher power. Something said, "No, you're going to be needed back in Wheat Ridge that night." And because without him, I know for a fact I'd be dead. There's absolutely no no doubt whatsoever. So something drove him to come back, and I just that goes over and over in my mind. I don't know what else it could have been, but. But it's just amazing to me that he didn't stay there. So in Nebraska, had, had he not been there that night, well, I've been told I, I'd been dead had it not been for his uh, his uh, efforts, and that was the doctors in the ER that told me that. So, if you just joined us, um, the MC1 Honor Run every year, and there's a officer re, is a recipient. Many times, the men and women don't want to talk. I mean, I actually know a a woman right now that went through a lot and she didn't want to talk and she and I understand it you know going through something really bad you just want to bring it back up again and Alan Fisher came up on the stage on that Sunday and spoke he was stabbed 12 times um, they're in a, in a fight they had a suspect and a guy had a knife and he stabbed you 12 times if if people were to see you um, it's it's interesting your left eye and you can't close it. No, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm way better looking on the radio you than in person. Both of us. So, both of us. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, my, my left eye, I can't close it or blink. Mm. So it's kind of like when you're a little kid, you have those stare-downs with your buddy <laughs> to see who, who can yeah. not blink, you course, know? Yeah. Well, I'll win every time There's... now. But, <laughs> but if you remember doing that, yeah. your eye starts burning yeah. and waters up, and then you finally blink. Well, the only difference is right now I can't blink. So what do you do when you sleep? Um, well, it, it, if I keep my other eye closed, yeah. then I can I can push this one closed, okay. push my left eye closed, and it'll stay closed as long as my other eye stays closed. Okay. So, or at least almost closed. Okay. Um, but I, I use a lot of drops. Mm -hmm. The uh, surgeon that did my surgery to replace on June first, I had pretty major surgery to replace the nerves in my face. I can see, yeah, you can. It see. lasted six and a half hours cool. the surgery, and uh, one thing they did is put a gold weight in my eyelid, 
and that is to help hold the eye down, the eyelid at least partially closed so that my eye doesn't dry out quite as badly as it had been prior to that. So, I mean, I can, I mean, when you meet you, I can tell. I mean, uh, but I'm looking, I'm going, I can't see where they did the surgery. It's just, it's your face. I mean, it's whoever these surgeons are, they're. Yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of equate it to the whole Dr. Lecter thing. They, yeah. they, they literally peeled back my face, and, yeah. and he's an, Dr. Campana's an amazing doctor. Um, he's probably the best in the Midwest um, for what he does, and uh, top three or four in the whole country. How many times have you been in a back and forth with the hospital, the doctors? The, the, your, uh, your wife's nodding. I'll be honest. I can't even tell you. I, I have a Franklin planner, and oh. the months of May, April, May, June, I still, like this coming week, I have Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are all blocked off because yeah. I have multiple appointments. But And they're with all kinds of different doctors. I have a cornea doctor. I'll see him for the first time this coming week. But, but uh, yeah, I've had, I mean, it's been amazing how many appointments I have had. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sure. And the amazing thing is, <clears throat> prior to my incident, I'd never been in a hospital in my life other than to visit other people. Sure. I still have my wisdom teeth, have my appendix. I've never <laughs> had I, – I was blessed with good health. Oh, yeah. Now, I, this has not been a good year. I've been in and out of hospitals like crazy, and I had hernia surgery from this incident. Well, um, yeah. my workman's comp doctor said it – They I. I didn't realize I had the pain for a couple of weeks in my abdomen because every all Everything the tra- else trauma I had going on elsewhere. So they, they wouldn't cover it under workman's comp. But So I had surgery on on that, and that went south. I wound up getting an infection and becoming septic. <sighs> so you know, going to hospitals is just getting to be way too regular right now for I would say me. when a receptionist calls you by your first name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they say, oh, hey, Alan, Alan, you're here again. You. <laughs> you know, it's a, so. Sit still. Uh, one of a time, one one of a kind. 710 KNUS Cowboy Moving and Storage, a recommended mover. Go to cowboymoving.com and click on customer reviews. It's incredible. 1,300 reviews, positive about what they do. And Greg Eisenhart and I, we were down there for lunch with the guys. And Cowboys, family-owned and operated, same family since 1968. And they do this thing that I think the best is called load and hold. So how many times has it happened to you? You're moving into a new office, a new residence, but you got to leave your current location before the new place is available. Then this is a service storage for you. They come and they got these load and hold trailers, and they load and then they hold. Clean, dry, warm, heated, all taken care of. Then when the time comes when you're moving back into the new unit, family unit, or your business, they bring it back. Short, long-term storage. What makes them the best is the guys on the job, the men and women, been with Cowboy for years. It truly is a difference. The guy still has that... I went in, he still has the Indian tank shifter in his office. Anytime you walk in a guy's office and he's got a 47 Indian tank shifter, that's your guy. And so moves to loads to holds to storage. Cowboy's been recommended mover since 1968. Cowboy donates a portion of every move to Freedom Service Dogs. Get the estimate. Moving grandma, moving your office, moving your house, whatever you want to do, just get an estimate. They'll come, they'll say, this is what it costs. 303-789-2200, 789-2200-303-789-2200 or Cowboy Moving and Storage. That's a song to live by. Don't fear the reaper. 1135, 25 before the hour. 65 the high and sunny today. 73 Sunday, Monday, 77. Peter Boyle, 710 KNUS with a remarkable family in studio this morning. Our friends at the law office of Danny Kaplis. 
when I talk about Dan, he's like he's the friend. The only lawyer in Colorado history who won five straight multimillion-dollar jury verdicts and motor vehicle crashes. He's got great partners. A lot of the guys used to be DAs. Um, highly successful firm. Great lineup. Six, in fact, former deputy DAs now using tremendous courtroom experience to help survivors of serious crashes. Danny's law firm believes talks cheap, experience counts, results matter. The firm would be happy to share with you its track record of outstanding jury verdicts and out-of-court settlements. Dan's the man. Dan Kaplis believes when you who you hire says a lot about you and everybody involved in the case. They suggest you choose a law firm that shares your values, and that's him. They believe in the core values, the foundation of faith and integrity, hard work, and dedication. He's my friend, and he's the man. You need help? 303-907-5003. They'll get right back to you. 303-907-5003. 907-5003. Or hit dancaplislaw.com. Danny's last name, of course, C-A-P-L-I-S. Caplislaw.com. And studio, the MC1's guy this year. And usually, I don't think we've ever done this. We've had a couple of the guys on just for quick drops, but not to spend an hour. Alan Fisher and his wife, Kathy, they've been married 30 years. She's with us this morning and talking off the air. And um, I, I know because of my motorcycle rides and some stories I've done, there is a true brotherhood of you guys. Uh, I want to talk about that. Yeah, there really is. And uh, for all the officers out there who hear about it but don't get to experience it, I'm just going to tell real quick uh, what happened to me regarding that. And it was amazing. It truly is amazing. Um, when I was in the emergency room, I told my daughter, Kylie, uh, who was there, to call Jordan's sergeant, uh, Jordan being my youngest child. She was in the police academy at the time out in Kansas City. So I told Kylie, call Jordan, because she had a huge day that day in the academy. And I was real worried my wife was going to call out there before me, and uh, I didn't want that to happen um, and upset her day. So... Kylie called out there, told her sergeant what had happened, and uh, what he did, I, I had asked him not to do this, but he uh, knew better, so he pulled her out of the academy right away. The Shawnee Police Department took up a collection from the officers on duty that day and raised enough money to get her on the next United Airlines flight out, which they actually held up momentarily for her, and uh, she was able to get out here to Denver. Well, DPD had sent one of their DIA officers to the gate where she was getting off the airplane and actually escorted her out to an awaiting patrol car and brought her to Lutheran so that uh, she could see me just in case I were to pass away, I guess. I don't know. But uh, it it is. It's really amazing how across states and everything, everything came together and very quickly and involved so many different agencies. And then at Lutheran, when I got released, <clears throat> the nurse told me, my nurse told me, Alan, there's a, there's a few police cars outside, so when you go out, don't be shocked. Well, I honestly thought Wheat Ridge runs about five, maybe six uh, day shift cars, um, sometimes more, but I figured, okay, there's three of them not on a call or something. They'll try to get there. They're just going to say, hey, you know, glad you're doing okay, whatever. Well, I came out, and I couldn't believe it. It was wall-to-wall police officers from uh, I don't even know how many different jurisdictions. There were firefighters there. 
the street was lined with patrol cars and fire trucks with all their lights on. I literally was just in awe. I couldn't believe it. And I, I, I remember just thinking to myself, this is for me? Mm. You know, I just, I, I couldn't believe it, how everybody came together um, in my, you know, trying to help me, you know. I get choked up even thinking no, listen, about it. No, listen, you're remarkable. Zellen Fisher, who was the MC1 recipient, he was attacked and stabbed 12 times, all the left side of his face, and your wife is remarkable, and I met your daughters. Your one daughter's on the job. She's a cop in Wheat Ridge, and, and your other daughter's in, a cop in, outside of Kansas City, correct? Correct, yeah. yeah. Kylie was actually working that night. She was in the field training program. She had three days left to go um, in field training before she'd be out on her own. And she was working swing shift. I was graveyards. So she heard my call and kind of chuckled, ha-ha, Dad's got to go handle this, you know. Yeah. Well, then when things went south, um, Swing Shift was preparing to leave. They were getting off duty. Well, they all jumped back in their cars and came. And Kylie has told me, she said she got almost about two minutes away from where I was, and at that time she knew one of us was hurt badly, either me or Officer Louie due to some other radio traffic, but she didn't know which one of us. Well, Officer Louie then uh, aired some information, so when she heard him, she knew it was me. So I just can't imagine what went through her mind knowing her dad was the one she's coming to try to help. I watched the relationship between the three of you on, uh, on that Sunday, and Frank and I actually, DeAngelis and I talked about it. It's like a unit that moves together. You and your daughter came in uniform, patrol uniform, and you're dressed like me. You could be out with signs, and, uh, <laughs> and your wife. And I could just see that love, and it's like, um, it's amazing. Yeah. It really is. And, oh, yeah. She, yeah. She, she's uh, incredible. I just started back to work a few days ago on a light-duty basis, mm -hmm. and uh, she had decorated a desk for me. Welcome back signs, a whole, you know everything a cop needs. A lot of a lot of candy and and treats and you know. And she gave me a very very nice card. So yeah, she's amazing. She is, and it's Alan Fisher, you guys. And um, like I said, in in that moment, you came up and you spoke, and I'm standing behind you with I don't know Frank and Jeff Schrader and Spurlock's up there, and you know a bunch of the color guard and everybody I think was with us and your back leg and that's when I knew I said I'm all, there's something you know and you were and I thought to myself I don't know what I thought but just seeing you and then with your family and then as I mentioned a few moments ago and you came back up on stage and gave me the tap said I'm not done talking and I wanted to speak more well tell me why I mean I mean I thought it was really powerful but did well you? my leg was shaking simply because i wasn't uh i'm not used to public speaking and, and well, you did a pretty you good know, job <laughs> and, and so even yeah. Ky and kylie was with, up on stage with me yeah. at that moment and she goes dad you're shaking and yeah. i said yeah i know but you don't need to tell everybody else everybody you know? up there knew <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah it was i couldn't control it it was just no, started shaking and i don't yeah. even know why yeah. other than i'm just not you know i was a little nervous no, no, i no. think 
But uh, that yeah, was, that was the best speech in forever. Well, I, I mean, appreciate no, that. No, just honest. It was like that powerful, and you know, there's well, I don't know how many bikers are out there and cops and stuff, and it was quiet. Usually, when we've done this for nine years, and usually, you know, you can hear somebody revving a bike or you know, something's going on. Mm-hmm. That was deathly quiet when you started to talk. You just captured everybody. The only thing I said to you is what I said to you this morning: get close to the mic. And you, you, you held that whole place, and then you came back. And do you remember what you said when you came back for the second time? Yeah, that was the divine intervention yeah. story about yeah. Officer Shaw yeah. and his niece being killed. Yeah, and that that was, uh, you know, as I say, that's one of the things that came out of my incident that I can't get out of my head. I just keep replaying how, how lucky I was that he didn't stay in Nebraska and that he came back. And nothing goes unexplained, right? Yeah, so they say. So what's next? I mean, you you, you back on light duty. If you saw him, I mean, he's now wiping an eye because his eye waters. Um, what, what what's what's next? Well, uh, I, ironically, um, I'm working with him now in in our crime prevention unit. Um, my command staff at Wheat Ridge has been incredible, incredibly supportive. Um, and so internet, they knew I was struggling a little bit at home cause I can't drive. Yeah. So I think they knew I had kind of gone through a little bit of a, a depression sure. time and stuff. And, and so they did everything they can do to get me back in the office. So they have somebody bringing me into the office and bringing me home every day or the days that I work, they're very flexible um, my doctor doesn't want me working more than two or three days a week and only a few hours each day. So so it's a good way to get back into it. But, yeah, Shaw's my actual office mate. Wow. <laughs> so Do you uniform I, up when you go back in and everything? No. Um, I don't even know that I'm allowed to wear a uniform right now. Wow. Because I can't uh, do police uh, yeah. functions, no, really. So I'm kind of behind the scenes a little bit. Working with the community is what I hope to be doing in my new position and and uh i'm looking forward to it just getting out of the house and seeing the guys again and everything is really good let me do one more final turnaround we'll come back and wrap it up and here's my question what have we learned what have you learned uh because through when you go through stuff like this you come out the other side there's always a lesson 1146 uh this is a remarkable man Uh, alan fisher he was the um and his partner responding that night on uh, the 13th of April, and he was attacked by a guy and stabbed 12, 13 times. It's going to be 65 for a high today, and here comes, our, again, our friends. Studies show that risk factors for heart attacks and diabetes and dementia increase as our hormones and metabolism decline. Um, it's been 11 years now that I became a patient of Dr. McAllen's and a friend of Dr. McAllen's, and uh, she is a close friend. And Dr. Watt is now part of Cenogenics, and it's clear that Keeping all everything like this at optimal levels is vital to ideal health and helps reduce body fat, improve muscle tone, energy levels, cognitive ability, sexual function. Dr. Watt is at Cenogenics now and help you get your metabolism and everything balanced and squared away healthy. The elite health evaluation, they take a detailed look at your body systems, brains, bones, muscles, heart, and lungs, then a supervised plan to help you lose weight, gain lean muscle mass, increase your mental clarity. Call today. My word on it, man. She's like this team. The health evaluation, get a complimentary food allergy test, which is normally 840 bucks. 
It's a gimme. Cenogenic, 720-387-3681. Michelle will answer the phone. 720-387-3681. 720-387-3681. Visit the website, denver.cenogenic, C-E-N-E-G-E-N-I-C-S dot com. 720-387-3681. You make sure you call them today and get the appointment for next week. It is 11.52. I apologize. We had a glitch. It gives us about eight minutes left. 65 would be the high and 73 tomorrow. A few minutes left with uh, Alan Fisher. and We've talked about what happened to him on that terrible night. An incredible policeman and his, uh, his wife is here and his girls are, his daughters are cops. And so we're talking off the air. Said and done now, months later, what's the life lesson? Uh, a, a lot of good things have come from my incident. The first thing is Wheat Ridge has now uh, had every officer go through some extensive training on their med kits and how to use them. Um, the training uh, was done with the assistance of medical staff because they used fake blood and everything. So it was pretty extensive training. Um, so that's a really good thing that came from it. Uh, another good thing is that I think officers, at least with Wheat Ridge, now know this can happen to anybody. And I think everybody takes their training a little more seriously now, not just the medical training, but also arrest control training, just things that we take for granted a lot. And that's probably the one message I would send out to other officers with other agencies is, you know, when we go to arrest control, sometimes, you know, it's your 10th, 12th time going, whatever. You tend to be like, ah, just go through the motions, get me out of here. You know, through all your training, whether it be arrest control or anything else, I, 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 I would, I would hope you all take it a little more seriously because I can tell you, you just never really know when that moment's going to come, and that could be the difference between you living and dying. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I'm now sitting and getting to know you and getting to know your wife sitting off air. Um, when all these cop friends of mine, you know, and they, they'll downplay it because I think it's part of the bravado. But it has to be the Mark Millers and the everyday cops. they got to be thinking about this all the time. You know, not the command guys, because I, that, that's like the program director. He's not the on-air guy. But it has to be, it has to be very... Was there ever a moment you said, if had, I could do this differently then? And I'm sure that, that kind of stuff happens to you as well. Oh, yeah. And that, that's part of how we mentally train. Uh, we evaluate incidents after we've been involved in them and try to think what maybe we could have done differently or what as a team we should have done maybe differently. So, yeah, I can't help that. That's just part of my nature. I, I, I kind of look back and, and I wonder what I could have done differently to maybe have a different outcome. But in this particular incident, I haven't really come up with anything mm. that I could have done differently other than not do my job. I, I asked this off air, and here comes the music. Were they were they high when you were attacked? Do you think you, that was there a, a, a drugs involved? Well, it's alcohol? a good question, and I don't know the answer to that. Um, I remember the dispatcher saying that the RP that called in said they were dancing around yeah. the U-Haul. So that that's why I thought initially I might have a DUI or something. Um, but yeah, I really don't know because I haven't. Uh, I have no knowledge of anything about what you, you, what you, evidence you, you, they uncovered or yeah, you recovered. did tell me he'd been in prison before yeah he'd been in prison before i was told and uh it had a pretty good rap sheet mm. so 
was Alan Fisher, who was the MC1 recipient. He was attacked and stabbed 12 times. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.